The Productive Woman, Episode 187. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me in this episode. I am looking forward to sharing with you my conversation with broadcaster, speaker, and CFO, Natalie Morris. You'll find more information about Natalie, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 187. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander, another resource that I am excited to share with you, and I'm so honored to have them as a sponsor. I have used Text Expander for years to be more efficient in my typing, basically, in the writing that I do. Text Expander allows you to create snippets short abbreviations for longer text. So things that you need to type regularly, but don't have memorized or long bits of text that you you have to type more than once. Instead of doing that, you create a small snippet, you type that and it automatically expands into the longer text that you've set up for it. You can summon your snippets in any app on a Mac, on the iPad, on the iPhone, any iOS devices, and now it's available on Windows-based machines as well. And you can pull them up by doing a quick search if you don't remember what your snippet is or just by typing your custom abbreviation. Uh, They have a a system that allows you to share your snippets with your team so you can keep them up to date and make sure that you're all communicating the same way using the same verbiage without having to retype things over and over again. It's amazing the power and the magic of snippets and ways that you can communicate smarter with Text Expander. I encourage you to check it out at their website. They've got lots of video tutorials and different things available to show you how to use it well. And if you visit textexpander.com slash podcast, you'll get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. Be sure to choose the productive woman from their list of how, when the question of how did you hear about Text Expander expander. That way they know that we sent you. So again, go to textexpander.com slash podcast and enter the productive woman or choose the productive woman from their drop down list. I love text expander. I couldn't function without it in the work that I do. I think you're going to love it too. I hope you'll check it out. So now let's get right into my conversation with Natalie Morris. I am delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Natalie Morris. Natalie's a broadcaster, a writer, a speaker, and co-founder and CFO of Morris Invest, which I'm going to be interested to hear a little more about here in a minute. She's also a wife and mom and just a, a busy woman like the rest of us. And I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she manages her busy life. So welcome, Natalie. 
I am just delighted that uh, that you would make time to talk with me today for the benefit of the community. Uh, you know, I've read your bio. I know a little bit about you, and we'll have links to all that kind of stuff in the show notes. But maybe you could start by telling us a little bit more about who you are, where you are, what you do, whatever you think uh, we might want to know about you as we talk about your life and productivity. Sure. You know, productivity is something that I feel like lately it eludes me because I live in the Northeast and we have had like 97 snow days since the new year. <laughs> so my kids are always home. They never go to school. So, you know, despite my best efforts to be useful sometimes lately, I just, you know, I don't know how anyone gets anything done. Uh, but eventually I think this spring will end. We will see the sun again and yeah. I will feel productive again. But I'm so glad that you think that I'm productive because it doesn't always feel like that. Um, but I am a writer and a speaker and a broadcaster. Um, in an old life, I was a network news anchor and news correspondent for NBC, the Today Show, CNBC, MSNBC, and CBS. So um, that was how I sort of started my career as a news broadcaster and before that a writer. And after I had kids, I had a major transition in my life where I wasn't working full time and I had to figure out a way to feel productive. Mm. And so I became a personal finance junkie. I decided that if I wasn't going to be able to contribute a paycheck to my family every month, then I was going to take the money that we did have and expand it and become really good with our family. And we decided to, we made a very deliberate choice to run our family like a business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think one of the, one of the worst things about being a broadcast news anchor is that it's very dependent on what you look like and who you are and whether or not you're pleasing. And I'm sure you can think of your favorite or your least favorite news personality. And we all have this sort of reaction to them, right? Well, when your livelihood is based on whether or not people like you, mm. you have a lot of insecurity that's sort of baked into your career, right? Am I thin enough? Am I young enough? Do I? Am I pleasing enough? I, I had this broadcast coach at CBS and she used to say, you know, you come off as very pleasing, like you really want to be pleasing and not threaten people. It was a really hard thing to hear about yourself. And uh, she would say to me, you have to channel more aggression. People don't want to listen to you. You sound like a 12-year-old girl. And so I know I would I would finish these these uh, voice coaching sessions and go home and drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> this was when I was single. And so, you know, because my husband and I had this sort of baked in insecurity in, into our careers, we sat down when we got married and we said, how can we make sure that we are financially secure for the whole of our lives? We had this one new baby and we would go through these contract renewal times in our lives. And my husband specifically, because I had left my job, I was working freelance, but his full-time job was what we survived on. Yeah. We lived in this area because of his job. We, you know, his was the higher paying job. So we created our entire lives around it, the mortgage, the place we lived, right? What, what cars we got, what car payments we could afford. And so every month we'd be like, we can do it now as long as you have this contract. But when contract renewal time is up, we don't know what we're going to do. And that would, ha that happened to us once or twice in our marriage. And the network would do this thing to both of us, actually, this happens to a lot of network anchors, is that if you're not, you know, Megyn Kelly 
or Savannah Guthrie, they don't put you high up on the list to renew your contract. So they just kind of don't call your agent back mm -hmm. for a while. So my husband, we, w we would be working, but we would have no idea whether or not we were going to keep that contract. And he would work sometimes up to six months without ever hearing back from them, whether or wow. not they were going to renew his contract. And that is a mind game. Yeah. And so one day we were waiting and I, I walked into his office and I said, did you hear back from your agent? And he said, no, they didn't call me back. And we would get really scared. And I said to him, and at this time, we had already started to teach ourselves to become real estate investors um, through various channels. We were self-taught. And we owned two investment properties at the time that were paying back really good returns. And I said to him, what if we owned enough in rental income that next time you have contract negotiation, it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. that we could match your paycheck in uh, rental income. And then when they, if they call us back or not, it doesn't matter. We decide whether or not you want that job. It's not, our, our lives are not based on that. So we came up with this concept of the freedom number. It's how you back yourself up in terms of assets and set a goal and figure out how to get there. So we, this was, I want to say my middle child was a baby at the time and now she's five. So this was about five years ago and we hit our number last year. Mm -hmm. And so my husband was still in the middle of his last contract. And so he got his contract a little after our third baby was born. And we thought, okay, this is probably it. It was a three-year deal. This will probably be the end of it. And then last year, you know, I, I don't have to tell you the news cycle is ugly. Um, he, you know, was in the middle of a, of a really ugly story. And he said, I don't want to do this anymore. So even though he was in the middle of a contract, he broke the contract. The network was really nice about letting him out of it. And uh, he left because we had hit our freedom number. So now neither of us work in news anymore unless we want to. Um, and we spend all of our time helping other people become real estate investors. Now that involves several pieces. Um, my On my website, I write about how to manage your family finances like a business mm -hmm. and all of the tricks we employed to hit our freedom number. But on Morris Invest, we help people specifically become real estate investors. Um, so how to start from wherever you are, if you have money or not, how to identify properties, how to manage it, how to set up your entire family as a, as a wealth building enterprise. Um, you know, we just sort of, it's what we love to do is get better and better at, at managing our family like a business. And we help other people learn to do that too. Well, that's very cool. What a, what an interesting story. And I think, uh, you know, some of the things you've shared, a lot of us who are not you know, in the news business, wouldn't, wouldn't even think about the, the kinds of sort of insecurities and the, the, you know, never knowing for sure how, how much longer you're going to have that contract and that sort of thing. So that's interesting to hear. And we'll, we'll come back to that and maybe talk a little bit more about the, uh, this idea of running your f family finances as, uh, you know, as a business. Um, before we get into that, though, let's talk about your day-to-day -day life. It sounds like you're, you're, you, you know, you're working, you're in business with your husband and that sort of thing. As we get into uh, talking about how you manage the commitments you've made in your family and all that sort of thing, I think it's helpful for us to have a little bit of context for what works for you and what doesn't. So if there is such a thing as a typical day for you, what would that look like? Well, 
there's not really uh, because of the snow days, for one. Um, you can tell I'm obsessed with that. And I'm like, please don't call off school again. <laughs> My son the other day was like, I think I might not be feeling good. And I was like, you know what? You could lose an arm and you're going to school because you've had so many snow days. Um, and so a lot of it is based on you know their schedule. And because I don't have a job to go to, um, we run our business mostly out of our house. My husband travels a lot to deal with our real estate investments. I don't. That's not my bag. I don't like it. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so my days are largely based around, I've sort of created them around raising my kids. So they get the older two get home from school at three and the baby naps from about 12 to 2.30. So she'll be getting up around the time we finish this podcast and I specifically only schedule podcasts during nap time. Sure. So um, in the mornings, I like to get up really early before the rest of the family, mostly because I want to do my workouts and I don't like to get up on other people's demands. So if I get up with the kids, then it's, where's my backpack? What are we having for lunch? You know, what's, let's get breakfast ready to get your socks on, bud. And that I, I found now after three kids makes me really anxious mm-hmm. because there's no time for my thoughts to begin and I don't form my day around my own agenda. So I have to get up early or else it just makes me, like I said, it makes me anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have an hour to myself. I, I do a workout and then, you know, I hit the ground running with my family of five and then I don't have free time again, you know, to sort of pursue my own efforts until the baby goes to bed. Hmm. How, and how old is your baby? She's 18 months. Oh, that's a great age. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I I just had a humongous win because she potty trained at 18 months. Oh, and so a lot of times, you know, your big wins in life, it, that, that was hard for me when, you know, when you are this network news anchor and you, you know, you have these sort of fancy assignments and you meet great people and you're at, an, you know, people do your hair and makeup. And then to not have that and be home with your kids and you're in sweatpants all the time and no makeup. And, you know, it really it's it's a big um, sort of ego change for what you validate yourself on your accomplishments. So right now I am super excited that she potty trained so well. Um, And, you know, it's just funny how your life sort of expands and contracts according to what you need. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, you may not know, I, I have five kids. Um, We raised, they're all adults now. So I've raised five kids, but I've been where you are, where you're, you know, your, your day literally is completely built around those little people that depend on you. And it's, it's a different phase of life. Um, So do you, are, are you an, if you're an early riser, are you an early to bed kind of person or? Yeah. 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 I always have been though. That's why I, when I was working, I always did morning shows. Mm. I was always, um, I was the technology correspondent for the CBS early show because, um, that just works for me. My circadian rhythm has always been like that. I don't like to stay up late. Yeah. All right. So, so when we talk about managing the various things, because you've got 
a business, you've got a husband, you've got children and, and your, your self-care and all these other things. I think every person's life is a little different and presents different challenges as far as staying productive in whatever sense that means to you and get, but, and getting the things done that matter to you. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to, uh, juggling, managing the various components of your life? Mostly it's managing my expectations of it because mm-hmm. there's still a part of me that thinks that I'm, you know, sort of city girl working in New York City and, and needs to stay at that level of productivity. And, you know, social networks don't help because mm-hmm. when you see people who are still doing that, you think, oh, I should be doing what they're doing, you know. And so you have to manage your expectations every day. And so that's why that those early morning hours mean a lot to me because – I know that I might have, like today, for instance, we had this big presentation in the second grade for my son. They do this thing called family share, where families come in and share an important tradition, um, and every family has to do it, and today was our day. And we put a ton of work into this as a family, and I knew that it was a big part of our day. My husband and I both had to show up. So anything else that is going to happen today. I had a few important phone calls. Like I have to know that it happens only within these two and a half hours of my daughter's nap. And if it doesn't get done, I have to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was a challenge for me to learn because, you know, I saw a video of myself recently when my son was a tiny baby and I was still working. I stopped working when he was eight months old and he was doing something cute. And my husband was filming him and he panned over to me and I was poking away at my iPad for something for work. And I, it really hurt my feelings that that's what I was, you know, Mm -hmm. I was not present in that moment. And that, you know, Jackie Onassis quote, you you have but one chance to raise your children. I, this is not something I can mess up the career. I I've had many, many, many transitions in my career. And I'm really happy with the, with the direction that it set me on now, because if I had not lost the job, if I had not become a mom, if I had all of these things helped me share this message that I have right now. But if I had not like had this opportunity, you know, what kind of mother would I be? You know, I can't, I can't do them again. I can do the career again. I can reinvent myself. I know that. Yeah. But I can't, I, I don't get another chance at these three. Yeah. And that's, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, and, uh, you know, looking back over my life, because I went to, I married young and then went to law school later and, you know, became a partner at a very large law firm uh, and a- achieved certain things there. And all, it, any regrets I have only relate to uh, times that I felt like I let my family down. Yeah, that's, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. Even, you know, yeah, just seeing myself like, oh, that's the mother I would have become, Yeah, you know, and for what? Yeah. So. But, it, but it's, and it's hard because uh, you, you kind of referred to the whole social media thing and how we compare ourselves to what we're seeing other people doing or what we think we're seeing, you know, we only get one, one picture of or one little piece of the picture of their life. I think everybody has to make those decisions for themselves as far as, you know, what their priority is at any given time and and where they're going to spend their time and their attention and their energy. Um, But 
uh, you know, if I have anything to encourage women with, it's, you know, stop, let's stop beating up on ourselves. And I think yeah. we do the best we can at any given time. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that you don't feel like you're necessarily particularly productive, but I, I, when I, when I ask someone to come on the show, I don't expect anybody to be an expert and to be perfect in this because I'm not, you know, I do this podcast and I still have days that nothing gets done that I had planned. You know, we, I think we can just all learn from each other, little things that work and don't work and, and, and be encouraged in that way. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, 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 I'm a Virgo. So I like to keep things very orderly. I like, you know, I've got my lists. I feel like I'm very organized. Um, My husband, he uses the getting things done method and he, Mm -hmm. you know, writes out in a journal every quarter. He, He wakes up and he writes it all out and figures out what are the one or two things that I really want to happen today. And he can let go of the rest. He's very good at that. Um, and so I think as an adult, something you kind of don't expect because as a kid, you're kind of like, oh, I'll do this and that will happen. Hopefully I'll finish my homework. But as an adult, we really value ourselves based on what we pr- what we accomplished. Yeah. It's kind of silly, right? Like as hunters and gatherers, all we were ever supposed to do was survive. <laughs> we weren't supposed to think of ourselves in this like grand scheme of things like did I change the world today? You know, there's so much pressure. <laughs> there really is. And and most of that pressure is self-imposed, I think. Yeah. Well, so in terms of getting the things done that you care about, are there any particular tools you like or resources you recommend, whether it's for managing your time or keeping track of, you know, your own and family commitments and things like the calendars to do list? What, what do you, what works for you? Yeah, I I do like to keep track of our calendar. We have a shared family family calendar in Google, and then we each have our own calendar. And I like to, um, well, first of all, I keep the school that my kids go to. I keep their calendar synced with my calendar Mm. so that I don't miss any school events. Um, in fact, I did a whole YouTube video on how to do that because uh, the other because I'm part of the PTA and the other moms didn't understand how to do it. Well, so the- that's really important. And a lot of times, I make sure that I have access to my husband's calendar, not just to see it, but to make changes so I can copy things mm-hmm. to his calendar. I know a lot of people like to sort of invite their spouse to the ev- event. I don't do that. I don't want to invite him because if he declines it, I'm going to get angry. Um, <laughs> so instead, I we gave each other access so we can copy things to the other person's calendar. Now, whether he shows up or not, you know, is another story. But at least I know that it's been there. I don't always do it right. Like today, he was supposed to go to the DMV. And uh, I put it accidentally on just my personal calendar. And he's like, that's not on my calendar. And I was like, yes, it is. I know it's there. <laughs> and then when I went there. It wasn't. It was on my personal calendar, so I had to eat crow. Um, but there, those things, you know, doesn't always happen perfectly, but we try. Very cool. And and so, are you in term? Are you a like you mentioned? You're a list maker. Do you like uh, paper and pen, or do you use a digital task manager? How do you track your things you want to get done? 
that aren't I appointments. I use reminders, just reminders on my iPhone. Um, we also have shared reminders ah. between my husband and I. And then the kids do have iPads. And um, I put their chores on the shared reminder. They can't, only one of them can read. Mm-hmm. Um, in my head, this will eventually work. But I have no idea how it will. <laughs> if they'll check it or they'll just ignore it. <laughs> I'll have it set to like pop up all the time. Like, Mom, love. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we use reminders. We have a shared list in reminders for the grocery list. And so anybody can add things to that list that, you know, if they see we're running out of things. Uh, and then whoever happens to be at the store has has the whole list and can pick up whatever's needed. So that's a pretty, pretty useful that's tool. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of the... Uh, you, you've mentioned that your day starts early. You you do some of your self care, your workout, and and kind of getting your head ready for the day early in the morning. Uh, then you go about your day. Do you have any routines or systems in place for for managing those sorts of things, whether it's for the home or for your business? Yeah, you know, my husband and I were trained in transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. And that's also a really important part of my day because a, a lot of times, I'm sure everyone can relate to this. You look at your email and it seems like a to-do list. Mm-hmm. I think all of it, but really it's not. Those are other people's demand on you. That's not your priorities. Those are other people's priorities passing by your screen, right? Yeah. And so if you see your email as a to-do list, you're you're not accomplishing anything for yourself. So I set aside time, like this is the time that I respond to emails or do these things. I write out what are my priorities. Um, but even still, that's that's just a lot of data going through your brain. So a lot of times I have a long list of things and I just find myself unable to prioritize them. And so when I do a meditation, I feel like it allows me to, you know, the, the theory is that stress is a foreign deposit. It doesn't belong anywhere in our body. And so it's sort of like bubbling up inside of you and you can't filter what's important to you. So when I sit into the stillness, when I come out of it, usually I'm able to prioritize better. But, you know, once you've got three kids out the door in the morning and three lunches packed and, you know, your dinner partially prepped and, you know, maybe you've gotten a shower. Like you're, you're just a ball of stress. Like I I feel like a troll doll by the time I get them out the door. And so I need it. I need to sort of ground and and refocus in order to know what it is that I want. Mm. Yeah. And that's so important that just that question of what you want in, in, and becoming intentional and purposeful about that instead of simply reacting to what's coming at you all day long. And it's a hard thing to do, I think, for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. Be- because so, so many of us just feel like your email, your text messages, those are, that's your to-do list, right? Yeah. But, that, but again, that's someone else's priorities, not yours. Yeah. Uh, that's so do you check your email first thing in the morning or do you wait till later I don't no yeah. I wait uh, yeah I wait until the kids are out the door because it's very unlikely that I'm going to be able to do something about it mm-hmm. so then I've just put some kind of you know have you ever heard this um I don't know where it comes from but I I once heard someone say that incomplete tasks take up 3 times the amount of bandwidth in your brain mm. and so 
why would I put that in my brain when my task at hand is making breakfast, packing the lunches, getting them out the door? Then it's just going to sit with me like a foreign agent, you know, like I've just put a backpack on that's too heavy that I can't deal with. Mm -hmm. So, and the only time I check my email in the morning is um, if one of my kids has a play date, then I have to send a note, send an email to the Mm -hmm. school saying they're going home with so-and-so. But otherwise, no, I don't open that up. I I am trying really hard to uh, to get out of the habit of checking my email first thing in the morning. I think from 20 years of practicing law and having, you know, clients all over the country that need things from me first thing in the morning and feeling like I need to respond immediately. Um, in the last year or so, I really have tried to be more intentional about doing kind of my morning routine before I open up the email and see what everybody has in mind for me to spend my time on. But it's, yeah. it's, it's a hard habit to break. And I think a lot and of I, people. I idealize that once my kids are grown, maybe I would have the time to, I'm not sure I want to now that I think about it. Yeah. But you know, someday I won't have to lay out the clothes and make sure everyone has socks on and maybe I will want to. I don't know. You know, at this point it's like survival. Yeah. yeah someday that day will come probably sooner than you think, Natalie. It, it's a, uh, you know, I, it, I, it makes me feel like a really old woman when I, when I talk to younger women, even my daughter, you know, that has, she has four little girls of her own. And I say, I know it's crazy right now, but you know, you're going to blink and it'll be over with and all your kids will be gone and you'll be looking around going, wait a minute, (laughs) where did that time go? So, yeah, I try and sort of freeze that like my son, he likes to come home and strip off his socks and just lay them wherever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, it makes me so crazy. But one day you'll be gone and I'll miss it. Yeah. I've seen those dirty socks in the hallway. (laughs) That's right. Well, Natalie, um, I, I do want to hear a little bit more about, you mentioned on your web, that on your website, you, you write about managing your family finances like a business. Can you share a tip or two? We'll definitely put a link in the show notes so folks can go check it out, but can you maybe share a tip or two for, for the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So this was a very deliberate decision on on behalf of my husband and I. And, you know, again, I sort of had unexpressed creativity because I wasn't working. So when my kids were asleep, I didn't really know what to do with myself. And my father is a small business owner, and he used to make me keep track of my finances in very specific spreadsheets that were a lot like the way that he ran his business. And so I always understood that businesses have what's called balance sheet, and that's how they make decisions on how to grow. So I've always kept my balance sheet, my personal balance sheet, because he made me. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to do it from the age of 12 on. So when we became a family and then I lost my job, that's where I started. And that's where I hope that other people will get started in order to build wealth in their family. Um, And I used the same skills that I was no longer using in my career. So goal setting, skill learning, teamwork, you know, goals, all of that stuff. And so what I did was make a balance sheet. Um, I have giveaways on my website where I can tell other people how to do this. I can instruct you on how to do it, which is just a list of your assets. 
and a list of your liabilities. And then I decided to just start with one thing that I could do better with. Like, this is what I have to work with. There's no other way to know what you have if you don't have a balance sheet. Mm -hmm. And so I just used those templates my father had taught me, listed out everything we had to work with. And then I went to the library and I said, okay, what do I want to learn and how can I do better? And so we learned to build wealth one thing at a time. Now, of course, this takes teamwork. And not everyone likes to talk to their spouse about money, mm. but that's the only way to grow. Can you imagine a business that they were like, well, we just don't like to talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah. No business can grow that way. You have to. Um, and, you know, of course the data supports that the number one thing that couples fight about is money. Yeah. And so if you're not setting goals, if you're not clear on what your what your goals are and what your values are and where the money is going and how it can grow and how to build it and you're not both involved in that process, you're only ever going to tread water. Now, my husband and I, we did it our way based on what was in our balance sheet and what our values were, but we had to do it together. I'm not saying we never we never fought about money. Of course we did, um, especially before we really understood each other's values. Like He would spend money on things that I didn't think were necessary, and that's very triggering. Then you're upset about it, right? So now that we're so deliberate with with our goals, with with what we want, where we want to do, that's how we hit the freedom numbers only together. Um, and then there's the next thing to learn. You know, we, we're very excited to always be building and learning new skills, um, and the things that we're doing now are things that I never would have understood hmm. had I not just taken baby steps, one step at a time. Like teach myself this. Now teach myself this. And you just start with one line item in your balance sheet. Either you're going to take a liability, like an unfavorable loan that you don't like, figure out how to get rid of it. Figure out how to change it to a lower interest liability. Figure Just figure out something. And that's going to lead you to the next thing. And that's going to lead you to the next thing. And eventually you're going to be much more competent when it comes to wealth building. And it's just not something that's taught in, in this country at all. I don't know if it's taught in any country, but I know in this country it's not. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, uh, you know, you've made some really good points about the importance of discussing this. You know, if you're married, you've got to both be on the same page and, uh, and be willing to discuss, you know, well, why did, you know, what is the reason why you want to spend the money on that thing? And, and why do you object to me spending the money on that thing? And, and, and understanding each other's values and, and, the, and thinking about that and getting on the same page and learning those skills that you're talking about. So, so I haven't, didn't, haven't yet looked at um, all the stuff that's on your website. Do you, so you, you have articles, you have a blog there where you talk about some of these things that folks can go mm. to to get more information? Yeah. So you can download the the balance sheet template if you want, or you can make your own. It really doesn't matter. But I talk, I sort of help people understand our journey because most of the things that we employ, um, most of the wealth building strategies are things that we learned about on other podcasts mm. or in books. They're not things you're ever going to learn by going to the bank or taking a finance class. Yeah. It just, that's not the way that, you know, this country is set up. And so- I want people to approach their wealth with creativity, understand that you can only start from wherever you are, yeah. learn to evaluate your assets based on whether or not they perform for you, and 
So I help people go through, I take them through my journey and what I've learned in this book and this strategy and this trick. And then maybe that will inspire you to say, oh, I could do something like that. Or, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Let me look into it. Mm. Like I want to inspire people to think creatively about their wealth building. Excellent. Uh, So again, I'll definitely put a link in the show notes so people can check that out and I'll be checking it out myself. Um, So we've talked a little bit about how you structure your day, about some of the tools that you use. Um, You're very intentional about the, the reasons you're home and the reasons you're doing the things you're doing in your business and that sort of thing. But even with all that, I got to ask the question that I ask every, every guest, because we we always learn something from it, even with the plans you have or the systems or the routines or whatever else, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get just completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Oh yeah. All the time (laughs) because I'm outnumbered here. You know how that goes, I'm sure. Yes. Um, you know, like this morning, I was taking my kids to school and they, they just, I need this and where's this thing? And, you know, it was a big, and I was like, guys, you got to help me. You know, like I'm doing all this stuff. If you see that I'm busy, just wait. Or, you know, they do help. But I was like, mommy just can't take it. Like I was just a little, t- and no one did anything bad, yeah. but it was like too many things yelling at the same time. Um, and so- you know, I, I just, I think I have a good humility about it now. Mm. Um, and I think anyone who gets kids out the door, you know, is kind of a hero in the morning, but there are plenty of days, you know, the other day there was like this, I was out shoveling snow and the baby had an accident on the couch with, while she was sitting there with her brother and sister. So I couldn't like clean it up right away. And they tried to clean it up with towels that (laughs) didn't, it, it made it worse. And so I came in and like she then she got it on her feet and there was like little poop footprints <laughs> all over my, you know, all over the carpet. And I was like, oh, my God, my husband was away. And I'm like, oh, I wanted to do a shovel the driveway because otherwise it turns to ice. So <laughs> it was like a literal SH storm. Like and then my son had this like important lesson, this thing that he, you know, was working on that ended up like being a big conversation and my husband was away. And so I was like, you know, I needed to just watch TV and I wanted to watch the Top Chef finale and drink some wine by myself. And sometimes that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all have those days and it's always interesting to to hear how you kind of get yourself back on track and back on an even keel. And sometimes the answer is you just kind of throw up your hands and have that glass of wine and, and know that you'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. I think I'm pretty forgiving of myself. And there are plenty of times when I have the perspective now that, especially if you've worked in TV news, you know, TV news can be pretty stupid. Like we did some really dumb things. (laughs) Like if I were doing a story on, oh gosh, I don't know, you know, like the... 10th generation iPhone launch and I'm out there interviewing people who are in line for the interview. And I've done this for 10 generations of iPhones. Like that's not interesting to me anymore. And it's the same story presented the same way. Why do people wait in line in front of the Apple store? Right. I 
I've done that many times and I could still be doing that Mm. if I hadn't chosen to be here cleaning up poop. And so (laughs) I'm glad for that choice. I I am very deliberate about it. Someone else could be doing it, but I think it'd be stressful to get a text from someone who's like, oh, I cleaned poop up. You know, it's my kid. I made this choice. So I'm I'm fine with it. I'm pretty, like I said, I think I'm pretty forgiving of myself, especially because there is junk TV and wine. That's right. Well, well, Natalie, what is on the horizon for you, either professionally or personally, anything upcoming that that you're excited about? Yeah, my husband and I, we have a book uh, out called How to Pay Off Your Mortgage in Five Years or Less. Mm -hmm. And we're working on the second generation of that should be out in a matter of weeks because of the new tax law. Um, And so I'm excited to get that out. It's, it's, you can get it as a Kindle book, um, or you can get it on Amazon and order it as a hard copy book. Um, but you know, this will be the first summer that neither of us are working in broadcast news. Mm. So because of that, we decided, and also I'm turning 40, um, in August. And so because of those two sort of, you know, big things in our lives, we decided to take the kids since we, it's going to be summer. No one has to be at school and no one has to be at work. We're going to spend the summer in Italy. Um, and my husband's never been there. The kids have never been there. So I'm really looking forward to that, to sort of enjoying this accomplishment. I guess turning 40 is not an accomplishment, but, um, you know, (laughs) it's a milestone. It's an important one. Yeah. That's very exciting. Uh, so, so Natalie, where can people connect with you online if they want to know more about you and what you're doing or, or just reach out to you? What, where's the be- best place for them to connect with you? So my website is nataliemorris.com and it's N-A-T-A-L-I, the last name Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. Um, Morris Invest, spelled just like it sounds, is where you can go to find our podcast and our blog and our YouTube channel to teach you how to become a real estate investor. Um, and then I guess if you, you just spell my name in any of the search engines, you can find me otherwise. Um, you know, when I was, used to work for the Today Show, I got confused a lot with Natalie Morales. Uh, but it's just Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. Okay. And yeah, we will put up, I'll make sure we put links to all those things in the show notes so people can find you there as well. Um, this has been so great. So uh, it's been so interesting hearing your story. Um, as we wrap up, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for help in getting the things done that matter to her and, and making a life that matters? What, what would you say to that listener? Yeah, there's a great book that helped me with this a lot um, called The Surrender Experiment. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. So the author's name is Mickey Singer, and he was the founder of WebMD and had this these sort of amazing experiences in his professional life. Um, but he was always someone who was very tr- like committed to his own meditation and spirituality and how he melded those two worlds and taught himself really surrender, I think really informs how I see myself now. Um, I can't recommend this book enough. It's, it's really, a, it's a beautiful read and also just kind of an exciting ride. Wonderful. That's, uh, I will definitely be looking for that one. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk with me today. This has been a delight. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Thanks for letting me share my message. 
I really enjoyed talking with Natalie, and I am so thankful to her for taking the time to share her thoughts on how she manages her own busy life, what's working for her, what hasn't worked so well, and for her great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Natalie or for me? Any thoughts that you had from listening to the conversation that she and I had? I'd love it if you'd share your thoughts, your questions in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 187. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group if you are a member there. And if you're not, if you're a woman who listens to this show, you are welcome in the Productive Woman community Facebook group. Just click on the link in the um, in the show notes for the group and ask to join. Be sure to answer the questions because especially if you've got your profile set to private so I can't see that you're a real person, that you're actually a woman uh, who, who is, you know, listens to the show and wants to be part of the community and not somebody who's just trying to get in there to stir up trouble because sadly there are people like that on Facebook. So be sure to answer the, the two or th- the three little questions that I have there and I would love to welcome you to the group and then we can continue the conversation there. Uh, that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, if you want to share your thoughts about this episode or anything else uh, with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Um, don't forget to check out Text Expander if you're not already using it. If you spend any time at the computer typing emails, typing documents, anything, you want to check out Text Expander. It's an awesome tool and you'll find it at textexpander.com slash podcast. By using that link, you'll get 20% off your first year. And as a reminder, please do choose the productive woman from their how did you hear about Text Expander question so they know we sent you. And thank you so much to Text Expander, both for supporting the podcast, but also for making my life so much easier for all these years I've been using it. Uh, I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Natalie. I hope that you found this episode helpful. There was something in there that you can uh, take home with you, so to speak. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.